as we get the words up on the screen there. They're coming. responsive reading and I put a an encouragement up there uh, Kevin I see Chris came in if you want to give give him one <clears throat> I want to say a word to you to you who are here tonight the promise of James 4 8 draw near to God he will draw near to you. Amen? Now, you all came tonight to draw near to God. I don't see y'all getting out on a Friday night like this without a sincere motive that you want to honor Christ, draw near to Him. But His promise is He's going to draw near to you as we have this service tonight. So I will read, of course, the, uh, the 
pastor and then if you will join me on church then I'll read pastor and church and so on this is all from John chapter 6 Jesus teaching about him being the life of the world Moses who gave you the bread from heaven my father though gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world I am the bread of life Whoever comes to me will not hunger, and whoever believes in me will not thirst. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is true food my blood is true drink as the living father has sent me and I live because of the father whoever feeds on me He also will live because of me. And Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know for sure that you are the Holy One of God. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're gathered here to feed on the risen Christ as we take these elements into ourselves. May we receive Jesus in all his beauty and peace and joy and love. May he enter our hearts. May he enter our spirits. May he enter our personalities and strengthen us as food and drink would do to our bodies. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Sin had left a crimson stain. He wore. 
Before we partake of the Lord's Supper, <clears throat> I want to read and comment on a text in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse five and or verse 6 and 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, let's start with verse 7 and 8. Verse 7 and 8, that's one I'm looking for. Verse 7, cleanse out the old leaven. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 7. That you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Verse 8, let us therefore celebrate the festival not with old leaven of malice and evil, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The background here in 1 Corinthians is that a man had evidently been coming to the worship services uh, and uh, he was flaunting his sin. And it was a, it was a gross sin uh, he called, Paul calls it in 1 Corinthians 5.1 uh, sin that not even the pagans would accept. And so this man had been coming and Paul says, look, when your standards are lower than the world's, you're in trouble. So he said, cleanse out this leaven, deal with this, talk to this man, restore him 
uh, to the fellowship of the church. And he uses as his motivation the fact that Christ is our Passover. We have have had uh, Christ has come and died for us and he has died for us in the same manner in the Old Testament when the Passover lamb was killed and the blood was put on the doorpost. You all know that story. So he's comparing the church here to Israel in the Old Testament. And he's comparing the worldliness and sinfulness of of the world to Egypt and the leaven. He says, cleanse out the old leaven. Uh, And the reason he says that is because in Egypt, Egypt is where leaven came from. And they were told to leave the leaven behind because, and the whole point was that God did not want anything Egyptian going with Israel when they left Egypt. And Egypt, and leaven was Egyptian. So he said, leave leaven behind. I don't want any leaven in your household. So this is what, this is what Paul is drawing on, the Passover service. Leaving the leaven out. And of course he says, Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. Christ is the lamb. So the church, when it comes together to um, partake of the Lord's Supper, we are uh, repeating in a sense and reproducing the Passover service. We are remembering that we are not to, to bring the world into our lives and accept the paganism that surrounds us, adopting the culture as our standard. But when I was thinking about this, that, that phrase Christ in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So let's celebrate the festival. Let's eat the sacrifice. Let's have the ceremony. And this is what the church is now doing. We are remembering that God has brought us out. So here's some things that were necessary in the Old Testament Passover service. The first thing was that they had to believe God's word. Because you remember how that God brought ten plagues. Well, the last plague was the plague that would be the worst. And God would uh, send a a destroying angel. And and, in every household, the firstborn would die, which meant the future of that family. The firstborn would die. And, um, And God, this is in Exodus 11 when he told them this. And he said, uh, we're not going to make any exceptions to uh, how rich you are, the, whether you're a Pharaoh or a servant. Uh, the, the destroying angel is going to come to every household. And so he said, there's one thing, though, you can do. 
you can take a lamb and you can kill that lamb and you can put the blood on the door and God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So the first thing that they did is there were those who believed the word of the Lord. Faith, you know, comes by hearing and hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17 says. So if somebody hears God's word about judgment and about chastisement and, and uh, wrath to come and eternal judgment, uh, and they believe the word of the Lord, well, here's the next thing you do. Then they trusted in the blood. They, not only, they believed the word of the Lord, and that faith was expressed by the works in which they put the blood on the door and they went into that house trusting in the blood. And you know, if you read it in, in, in Exodus 12, 38, it says that even some of the Egyptians, a mixed multitude went with them out of Egypt. So there were Egyptians going into households with the blood on the door. So, you know, if you're an Egyptian, if you're the worst, if you're not among the elect, you trust in the blood. I'll bet that saves you. They trusted the blood. They did not trust their zeal. They did not trust their tears. They did not trust their sorrow over sin. They just trusted the blood. They believed the word and trusted the blood. Here's the third thing they did. They entered the house. What, see, it's one thing God could have said, I, I want you to just put the blood on the door and then just stand by the door. No, they entered the house. What does that symbolize? What's the house? The house is the household of faith. Paul calls the church the household of faith in Galatians 6.10 because everybody that had believed in God's word and trusted in the blood had entered that house and was sitting around a table in fellowship with the lamb, uh, over the lamb. So they entered the house. Now I don't know how far you all would take that but I think that if you're going to trust in the blood, you're going to want a fellowship with others who've trusted in the blood, and you're going to be part of the assembly of God as we put our faith, express our faith in Christ. I think you're going to want to assemble. Uh, anybody want to say amen to that, or am I up here all by myself? <laughs> One. So here's this mixed multitude that has entered the house, gathered around the table. Now they did a fourth thing. One, they believed in God's word. Two, they trusted in the blood. Three, they entered the house to fellowship with others. And number four, they ate of the lamb. They ate of the lamb. What does that mean? That means that 
This Jesus who died on a cross is not just, it's, it's not just his blood, but God commanded them to eat the lamb. He's not, Christ is not only for us, he's in us. They actually receive the lamb into their person for the strength that they need for the coming journey. You eat the lamb. This is what Jesus meant, my life in you. The lamb is, when, when the lamb's blood was put on the door, that was for God. God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The blood on the door, they couldn't even see the blood inside the house. But God could, when he passed by, he said, there's blood on that door. The blood, the cross, is for God. But the reception of the Lamb of God into our hearts, that's for us. That's our strength. That's our life for the journey that He calls us to. And that's what is symbolized here tonight. We eat the Lamb. Now, obviously, this is not literally Christ's flesh and blood. But as we eat this, we're saying, Christ, I need you in my spirit. I need you in my heart. I need you in my mind. I need you in my personality. I need your love, your joy, your peace. I need you, O risen Christ, in me. And I'm here tonight to receive you afresh as symbolized by these elements, the bread and the juice. So that's what we're here. Uh, and as Paul would say, Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. So let's keep the feast. We receive the lamb. Amen. So I'm going to ask Andy to come. <clears throat> and Bobby, if you come. Um, Andy and Bobby are looking exceptionally well tonight and they have been asked to accompany us as we do this together. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I put your blessing and I pray your blessing over these crackers and this juice and so that as we gather here tonight drawing near to you O oh God we're just drawing near to you your promise is you would draw near to us give us your Holy Spirit give us your grace give us your forgiveness give us your mercy Give us your life. Give us your strength. Oh, that mighty strength that comes from the risen Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And bless this reception of these symbols in Jesus' name.
Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, I received from the Lord what I am delivering to you, that Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. Then he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let us drink remembering his blood. As often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for these symbols, which to us are more than symbols. They, they create a moment of faith. May our faith be revived and renewed tonight. 
as we remember that the blood is on the doorpost. We're literally sitting at the tables and receiving you all over again. Thank you, faithful God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together for a closing song. I hope you all, oh, there we are. I hope, I hope everyone's familiar with this song. And I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too wide. So you made a way across the great divide. Sons and daughters, we're ransomed by our father.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood. Thank you for the new life, power of that blood to save us. It is our hope, our only hope, and we celebrate it tonight, and we keep the feast. We celebrate the feast of our Passover lamb. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Be thinking about who you can bring Easter Sunday morning. It'll be a great day.